Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to season two of the Drive Through Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher. I've always had a huge heart for moms and their lifelong job of raising children, their struggles, joys, and experiences that are so often 100% different from my own. Each week we get to hear the story of an ordinary mom serving her family, community, and the Lord in amazing ways. Seeing the gifts and talents of others and watching how God has worked in their life inspires me daily. We are all in this motherhood game together, and I believe we can benefit immensely from listening and encouraging each other through what God has done in our own lives. What a privilege it is to share these amazing women with you. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to Drive Through Moms podcast. I'm Lynn Nitcher, your host. And today we are talking to my sweet friend, Stacy Gallimore. Um, Stacy, thank you so much for being on today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Lynn, so much for having me. Yeah. I was telling the kids about the fact that you were going to be on because when I, when I think about your name and I think about automatically that you're a follower of Christ that loves students. And so when I told the kids you were going to be on and, and Reggie, they were like, okay, Stacy will be amazing. Um, she's so fun to talk to. Um, is you were definitely somebody that, at least from my perspective, I don't know a whole lot about your backstory, really. I kind of probably know the highlight reels. I don't know. Um, but I know that you've always been super involved um, in young life and uh, in student ministry in general. And I totally want to talk about all of that because I really, I don't know anything about Young Life, um, but I know you've always been involved in student ministry. But before we get to all that, just share a little bit about your life before kids and maybe how that shaped you as a mom and kind of what led you um, to the things that you've done with your own kiddos. Yeah, so um, I was definitely born and raised in the church. Um, You know, you hear the old cliche, whenever the church doors were open, we were there. And uh, so, of course, I grew up in the church, um, but I had a a very um, different, you know, view of youth ministry, um, a a more rigid view of youth ministry. So um, I I was I was there on Wednesday nights. I did mission trips and and all sorts of things. So um, I had some sort of understanding of what youth ministry looked like. But of course, when I had my own kids, um, that that changed for me because I kind of wanted something a little different for them. Um, And and of course, like you mentioned, there entered uh, young life, a totally different way of ministering to youth, both in the church and outside of church. So did you get started in that? Like, where did you and Heath, did y'all met in college? Did you get involved in that when you were in school or when you, once you had kids or how did you really even hear about it? So what was funny was Heath and I actually met in uh, youth ministry um, when we were in high school. We were both uh, in the same youth group. Um, so youth ministry to us was, was all focused on church. Um, we thought that every, every high schooler went to church. Um, and so once we got married and had our own kids, we actually met, um, a young couple in Allen 
and they had moved into a house that was um, pretty torn apart. They had bought a, a foreclosure and needed a lot of a lot of work. And so we ministered to them for a little while and uh, bought them a water heater kind of funny. And he was going on and telling us about this ministry that he was starting um, there in Allen and and it was called Young Life. And and we had really never heard of what Young Life was. Um, when he said youth ministry, we immediately thought it was a church ministry. And so when he began to tell us how he was really targeting kids and, you know, high schoolers in particular who were unchurched, that was really something we had never heard before. Um, What does that look like? What do you mean unchurched? You know, how are you going to reach kids with the gospel this way? And so we were very intrigued by this. Um, So we started to attend some of his meetings and listening to his vision and, and the vision of Young Life and what that looked like. And that was so exciting to us. Um, it was kind of breaking the mold of the typical youth ministry avenue. Um, and of course, their end goal was reaching kids for the gospel, getting them plugged into the local church, discipling them. And so that was really our focus. Um, we knew that we wanted to um, model that for our own kids, that you didn't have to be um you know, a Christ follower and always be so, um, you know, not really stuck in the church, but just this this was a totally different avenue for high schoolers to witness to their friends and share the gospel in a fun, exciting way, but yet bring them into the church and discipleship. Well, and that's something that sounds a little, um, little similar in terms of background. I mean, I grew up in a really small church. I say very, very small. Um, We did not have very many kids in our youth group. And so even when I got to college, um, just seeing youth ministry and college ministry done in a different way was completely new to me. So um, the avenue of young life to be able to talk to kids and include kids that don't go to church because that's the point, right? Is to love your neighbor and share the people that you come in contact with in your sphere of influence. Um, and that happens outside of the church walls, um, on a daily basis. So, um, what are some of the things that young life like specifically would do in terms of how would they get kids to at least be exposed to it? Cause if you have some of those kids that wouldn't maybe step foot in a church, but they might come to a Young Life event. So what were some of the things or, or strategies, I guess, that you guys um, would use in Young Life that would be different from a church event? Yeah, so one of the fun things that Young Life does is it it has that shock and awe uh, kind of um allure to it. They, they don't meet, they try not to meet in a church, um, of course, because a lot of times, you know, teens are so worried about whether, what other people think of them. And, um, if they are, you know, from a broken family or they just don't know a lot about the Bible, even, um, that's going to be really scary to a high schooler to go to a Bible study or, um, or even go to a worship service um, with their friends. And so Young Life was really just a, um, 
an, an easy way for a student to come in, sing songs with their friends, have some social time, see some fun games, um, you know, some funny skits, and um, and then really at the end, hear the gospel and how it applies to you know, every child and every student and every adult in that, in that place. And so, um, it just kind of gave them a sense that they belonged, um, and that they weren't going to be judged for anything. Um, and, and you would feel that of course, if you were an unbeliever, an unbeliever walking in a church. So it was just, it was an easy, a safe way for them to feel like, they could hear the gospel in a safe place. And so, um, and that was, and that was my experience just even as a teen, um, you know, I, I became, you know, um, sexually active and just had a lot of rebellion in my life. And that was the last place that I wanted to be as a, as a teenager was in a church um, where I felt like people were judging me. So if I had young life as a student, that would have done a lot of things for me. Um, I think it would have definitely changed my trajectory in life. Um, So I'm thankful for Young Life, the way that it does meet kids right where they are and says that you are loved no matter what. Um, So that's just one of the sweetest parts of this ministry, I think. Well, you know, when you said that last, you were loved no matter what, I think that's such a huge component to students in general, um, when it comes to middle school and high school age is it doesn't matter necessarily that you have all the biblical knowledge or that you have, you know, um, all the qualifications even sometimes just to, um, love on some kids and cause they just really want to know somebody cares about them, that they feel safe when they're around them and that they'll listen to them and kind of take, um, an interest in whatever's going on with them. And then you just take it for where, where you are with them. I know um, somebody was telling me the other day that's a teacher that just had a student come to them and was sharing something pretty hard that they were going through. And this teacher was like, I was so thankful that I had a mask on because, um, you know, it's just that this kiddo obviously trusted them and just wanted to share some things. But um, it's just so important that kids have at least somebody, whether it's, you know, because a lot of times they don't want to talk to people that are in their family. Um and they want to talk to somebody that's an outside person, but somebody that they know that loves and cares for them, obviously. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I know is obviously very important to you as well is, um, you know, teaching our kids the truth and the truth from a biblical perspective. Um, and I know when, when mine were little, um, I think it's one of the first things that really drove me to Bible study was, uh, at least from my limited knowledge, um, it's not like I know half of what I should, but, um, (laughs) you know, I I started doing this, uh, Priscilla Shire study, uh, not too long ago and her, her definition of truth is truth is God's opinion on any matter. And she kind of went through this long explanation of, um, of what the verses in Ephesians talk about girding your loins with the truth of the gospel and what that looked like. And, and the visual, I can't do justice because Priscilla Shire is amazing. I love her. Um, 
But she basically talked about how you filter the decisions that you make, whether it's, um, you know, with your friends or your acquaintances or your, any decision that you have through, through the truth, um, according to what God says is the truth, not necessarily what the world says is the truth or our circumstances say. Um, but what are some things that you and, and he thought about, um, and did when your boys, cause obviously all your boys are out, right? Cooper's out, right? Yes. So the, out of school. Uh, well, he's, he's out of school. Yes. He's at home still going to Colin college. So sort of out, <laughs> sort of out, but still he's out, but he's out here. of uh, high school. Yeah. Yeah. But what are some things that for you guys, I mean, now as an, as a quote unquote empty nester with the kids gone and things that you learned through the years of, okay, the truth of God's word is important to me. And it's important to instill those things, obviously to your own kids, um, you know, on top of the, the, uh, young life kids that you worked with, but what were some things that you think you and he did really well, or that God really, you saw him work in the things that you used? Because sometimes I think we can get overwhelmed with okay, well, how do I do that? I know I'm supposed to like abide in the truth and abide in the Lord, but what were some things maybe that you think you guys use to teach the boys truth and to point them in the right direction? And ultimately our kids all have their own, make their own decisions. Um, but I don't know if that's clear, but what was something that you guys might've done that you've really saw work or God work through? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, one of the things Walking with a Young Life student, um, being consistent in their lives was so important. A lot of times these students would just have a lot of people that were in and out of their lives and and no one was really stable. Um, So just showing them how um, secure the Lord is, how faithful he is, that he would never leave them no matter um, what their circumstances were. And so, um, showing that a picture of that to our kids, to our own boys, you know, that, that God can be relied on, that you can give him your burdens, no matter the size, um, just giving them that confidence that, that he is truth, that he is real, that he is present in their lives. Um, and then also I think one of the biggest things was, um, giving them permission to have faith that, that that was their own. A lot of times, you know, when we, we, when, when we raise our kids, um, they tend to just kind of go through the motions and have, uh, do what mom and dad are telling them to do. Um, you know, you go to church and you do all the things. Um, but I really, I really wanted to see a faith that was their own. I wanted them to, uh, read their Bible and, and, hear the words and, and digest that and then apply that in their own lives. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest things that we learned from young life was how can we walk with students, showing them a real God, uh, in inside the church and outside the church. Um, what does that look like and how can our boys apply that when, when they're, you know, in the valleys, when they're feeling like their faith that they don't have a faith, you know, when they're doubting that God is real, what does that look like for them? Um, and just modeling that and, and showing consistency in that being in students' lives through all the hard and all the easy, um, 
so I think, and, and, and then of course, you know, watching our boys as our oldest just got married, you know, seeing him lead his wife, um, getting plugged into a church and, uh, and modeling that for them, modeling it with their students and modeling it with our own boys. Uh, I think just showing or seeing them have their own faith, I think is just the most exciting part of it. Yeah. And I know as, as, uh, they get older, you know, maybe sometimes we can get impatient when they are going through those valleys or those times of doubt or those hard things that, um, maybe you just want to, you, you want all those things for them, but you know, they have to learn the hard way. They have to trust and see God work in, um, in whatever the situation is, you know, um, with knowledge comes wisdom, but they have to learn the knowledge of what the experience was like and what God did and and almost get to the other side to see, yes, he was faithful. And yes, he did get me through this. Um, and as a, as a parent with adult kids, sometimes that's hard. Um, and you just sit in a constant attitude of prayer over just experiences they're going through or things that they're, um, encountering maybe for the first time, especially once they get a little older and are headed out to college or, um, um, but you want them to get plugged in. And so it is, it is rewarding, I guess that's not the right word, but, um, to see them get to a point where they've, um, kind of walked the path and they're taking, they're taking the Lord's truth as their own Mm -hmm. and they're holding up the world against God's truth, not mom and dad's truth like you said, that they're believing it because they've seen it. They've Mm -hmm. seen him step through them. And I think one of the things I think maybe you and I talked about this, or maybe you mentioned this before um, when I was asking you some questions, but um, I think one thing that's hard as moms, I'll just be totally honest. um, Everybody's kids go through things. Everybody's kids have difficulties. We all have difficulties. Everybody does, but there's, there's this, stigma maybe within within the church or just as a believer that it's a almost a facade sometimes that you don't want to talk about yeah. that yeah I'm having a hard time um and you want to you want to be the a, a good mother and do all the right things but maybe I don't know did you find it hard sometimes to talk to people I I know I have a circle we we kind of our family call it inner circle um, I think we got that from Joey, um, but we have certain topics, right? You know, Joey, we have certain topics that like within our immediate family, we're like, this is inner circle conversation, but I think it's super important as a mom to have those inner circle friends, um, to have other believing women, maybe some that are older, some are younger that you can share with, pray with, um, text at the drop of a hat and say, Hey, this is going on. Will you pray for this? And you know, they'll do it. Um, I I don't know how you feel about that, but. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that's vital for us moms as, as our kids, you know, start going through seasons where they're, you know, they have that a little bit of freedom and they're trying to figure out who they are and, and their place in the world. And, um, even, even God's plan for their lives. I think, um, that's one of the scariest things is when they, uh, start to make bad decisions, which they will do. I mean, I think, you know, we as moms owe 
oh, they're Christians or, oh, you know, they've they've made a decision to follow Christ. And, and now we just think that everything's just going to be great. And and unfortunately, you know, we live in a sinful world and they have free will. And that was one of the things I think, um, you know, having having our own kids was watching them make bad decisions and, uh, you know, experiencing consequences from those bad decisions. And when you are um, even in a place of leadership within your church, you are just so you know, afraid that people will find out and what will they think and what will that look, you know, how will that look on us as, as parents? And, and, you know, that's just all lies from the enemy and he wants you to um, cover that and, and be shameful in that. And that was one of the things that Heath and I, of course, from young life learned, like it's okay to not be okay. Um, and that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to hide it and he wants you to cover it up. And instead, um, and, and, and it's not about going and blabbing all your dirty laundry to people, but it's about, you know what, Absolutely. I'm, I'm admitting that, that I need a savior and that I don't always make the right decisions, but I know that when I do, um, do something wrong or when I sin against, against him or the people that I love, that he is faithful to forgive me and, and he is going to um, wash that away. And, and I don't have to be shameful for that. I don't have to live in that shame anymore. And so just coming to our boys with that, like, you know, if you did something, yeah, we're probably going to be upset and yes, there will be consequences, but you know what? We are going to forget it. Just like Jesus says, as far as the East is from the West, it is, it is not going to be remembered and, and we're going to learn and we're going to move on. Um, yeah, of course there may be some trust that's broken, but you know what? We're all in it together. And and then there are those girls that I can text and say, you know what? My boys did this and I'm, I'm really sad and I'm, you know, afraid and how this is going to look or, or what's going to happen. But you know what? That's when those ladies will come around and say, you know, we're here and we're praying. Um, just like with when I had my students in Young Life, you know, I was walking with several girls who just, I, I never, I didn't know if they were even going to um, make it to their next birthdays. I mean, they were just just hard girls. And so just praying over them, um, you know, praying for their lives. And now 10 years later, seeing them on Facebook and and they're getting married and and they're having their own babies. And, you know, just, just knowing the power of prayer in that over our kids, whether they're ours or somebody else's and having a um, inner circle, like you said, of, of people that can pray for our kids because there is so much power in prayer for sure. Well, and you know, I didn't mean that to sound like, Oh, our kids are terrible. They're making mistakes. I, you know, it, I guess even a large part of that conversation that happens with, um, a couple of girls that, that I talk to on a regular basis is just like, pray for me. It, it's a struggle. Um, when, like all three of mine are gone, like really gone, except for Amanda and Zach. They're living here right now because they're building a house. So I was like corralling the dogs earlier before we were talking, starting yeah. to talk. But um, 
they, I don't think they ever really go. And every time they come home, just a total side note off the subject, every time somebody comes home, they always take furniture. So my entire upstairs is empty um, because every time somebody moves back in for a little bit, they're like, oh, we need a coffee table or whatever. I'm, yeah, um, I'm starting to see that but, myself. <laughs> yes, the whole upstairs is empty. Um, but no, I guess I was just also saying, you know, part of that is, um, not just the kids, the struggles that we have with the kids, or maybe even a release a little bit of, okay, it's, I'm a little control freak and I like things the way I like things. And, um, even if it's not a sin, if it's just something that the kids are doing something differently than I would, I mean, sometimes I really have to just ask for prayer that I can, you know, release things to let them go. And just, it's really none of my, that's none of my, not that it's not my business, but I have to let them grow up and maybe letting, I think letting the youngest go has been the hardest. Um, maybe, I don't know, after 25 years of having somebody at home, it just was a little bit of a struggle. But anyway, that all that to say, just having those godly relationships with other women that either have walked the road or are walking the road with you is just, to me, super, super, super helpful and super important. Yeah. And especially if they're ones that will say, oh, Stacey, I think you're wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Or or that you're being too controlling or you need to give him a little space and let him make his own decisions and navigate life. Oh, yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah, because that, that definitely God's blessed me with some some sweet friends that will that will do that um, and just kind of remind me of when I need to maybe t- learn it's just harder to learn a, a back seat maybe with a boy than it was the girls the girls were both very chatty and we talked a lot and stuff but um I think but like I said by the time the third one was gone I was I was not quite ready I don't think um but anyway yeah I don't think um, you're ever ready <laughs> no no you're not um so what is something that you think you might tell your younger mom self. So looking back, all three of the boys are, are, you know, pretty much grown. Um, what is something that you might look back at yourself and, and tell yourself as a young mom, um, now that you had the, had the experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one of my favorite Bible verses that I learned even as a young kid, uh, was Philippians, I think it's Philippians 1, 6, where it says, uh, he who began a good work, I'm paraphrasing, of course, you know, will be faithful to complete it. And, um, and of course, you know, as a kid, I always heard that verse and maybe even learned it in Awanas. Um, but, but I think as good old Awanas, I think now just, you know, as a mom who, um, you know, has the kids who were all gone, has that verse has never rang more true. Um, you know, I think we start to, um, as young moms, we're so full of worry and making sure we're doing all the right things, making sure that, um, you know, our kids are plugged into the right church programs or whatever. Um, and just getting so consumed with all of that, that, we, we tend to forget, you know, when your, when your baby is born and you have now commit them over to Christ, you know, he is going to be faithful to complete the work that he has for that, that child. Um, 
you know, his, his days are already ordained. And so I'm just telling, I think my younger self that instead of getting caught up in, in all the, the worry, am I doing the right things? You know, um, I think just listening to that truth and bathing that over me, um, so that I wouldn't get consumed in all of that and then missing out on all the sweet moments because I'm too busy, you know, worrying, are they, you know, doing the right things? Are they, are they in the right, you know, preschool or am I teaching them enough Bible? And, um, instead of just being present with them. So, um, I think that's probably what I would, I would definitely tell my younger self. Well, and I think because a lot of times we think it's it's because we take on all those personas of I need to be a good mom. And like you said, have them in all the right things and, um, you know, teaching them the Bible. And am I, you know, making sure they're eating right and they're involved in what they need to be that we kind of take on this, that it's really up to us. And it really isn't, um, no. you know, it's 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 our responsibility, obviously, to to point them to the Lord. But um you know, I think sometimes we can definitely, especially as a young mom, maybe get a little overwhelmed with the gravity yeah. of the little responsibility of this little sweet life and uh, take it on as a little bit more our job than it is the Lord's. But um, what is one thing that if you could share with another mom, um, you know, what is one thing that you really think that you would want to share, um, with a mom that's getting ready to have a kiddo or, um, even a a mom that maybe is going through those teenage years, what's something that you would want to share? Yeah. Gosh, teenage years are not for the faint at heart. Are they? I mean, I see, I mean, I think it was hard just when, when my boys were teenagers and, um, I, I honestly did not think we were going to make it out of those. Um, and it's funny, Heath and I were just talking about funny stories the other day. And I think we just, we just laugh at some of the crazy things that our, our boys would do. Um, and, and I think even now our, you know, parents are under such enormous pressure, um, even more so than, than, they were when our kids were teenagers, um, just with social media and technology and, and just the, the way our world is just getting meaner. Um, so I just think, you know, relying on the Lord and really leaning into him, um, and abiding with him, I think is so much more important, uh, just in these, in these, times. Um, I think it's just a scary time to, to raise a kid. And so I would just say, you know, like Jesus says in Philippians, he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it and, and not worrying about, um, all the things that the future could hold, just staying in the daily grind with your student, um, staying faithful in church and in his word and godly community, I think is so important for sure. That godly community is a big, important part too, because I know a lot of times it's, um, 
you know, just being in a community or where you're getting your encouragement from or your truth from makes a big difference in your perspective. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the community that you're, that you're in and that your kiddos are around is, is a big deal. Um, I was going to ask you too. Um, so having three boys, you had to have had some seriously fun stories or scary stories or just funny stories of something that has happened with the boys. I mean, I can't imagine. Okay. So in all the years that we've done, um, like D now, um, we've had lots of opportunities, um, through the years with D now with all three of the kids, but I know we've had the cops called to our house at least two or three times for D now. So I'm like, so I'm like, surely Stacy's had something along those lines at some point, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think Keith and I were, one day we're going to tally up all the car accidents and jet skis and, and things that we have, or not that we have, but that the boys have wrecked um, and see how, how much uh, they owe us after all of this. But for sure, you know, with boys, you have. You have a lot of the uh, adventurous, you know, stories that your neighbor will call and, are you home? Well, you know, no, we're not home. Well, your boys are repelling out of the second story window or, um, you know, <laughs> just, or, you know. How would they manage that? Oh, you know, they would tie ropes to the doorknobs, which is totally safe, and try to repel down the second story <laughs> window. Um but they were wearing bike helmets, so they were very safe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, just, and it's Not funny. Their legs, their arms. Are... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, or, you know, we had in their later teen years, we would have to set the, the house alarm just to keep them inside so they wouldn't sneak out at night, you know, um, just funny, you know, funny stories. And of course, now that they're a little bit older and they can look back and they can say, man, we were such idiots. You know, why, why didn't we listen to you? And, uh, two of, two of the three were very, uh, they had to experience things before they learned. They, they couldn't just take our word for it. Like, you know, don't drive fast. You're going to get a ticket or don't drive fast. You're going to, you know, land your car in the mud. Uh, and so <laughs> that was always, no, we have to just experience it ourselves. And, and how true that was with just everyday things that was so true, especially with their faith, you know? Um, and, and so it's funny comparing the two, seeing our boys really like, it's okay. You can put you can put God to the test. He's going to pass it every time. You know, you can, you can doubt yeah. that he's there, but put him to the test and he's going to come through and he's going to show you how faithful he is. And so, um, and, and for our oldest, especially, you know, there were times where he um, really doubted his own faith, but yet at the end of the day, I think now seeing him married, you know, he knows that Jesus is real and he knows what real faith looks like. And that, and that is, you know, being in godly community, um, leading his wife well, um, you know, seeing what his dad does. And, and, and Heath was a perfect picture 
for our boys in that. And so um, I love that. I love that their funny stories are a true picture of, you know, just craziness that boys are. And um, uh-huh. but yet it is really neat to see how that can translate into, you know, the picture of Christ, you know, like experiences everything. When we experience the love and grace of Jesus, um, that's, that's a wonderful thing. I think it's just, you're right. It's a, so many things that we go through is just a perfect picture of, um, of God's faithfulness to be there and to know that he's going to be faithful because of what he's been faithful in the past. Yeah. So are you in, uh, you went back to school, right? Yeah. So, um, so after the boys all finished school and, you know, I had, I had Austin at 18, so I never went to college and, and ended up, you know, raising them. And, um, so my, my dream was to, um, be a sonographer, which is, you know, the person that does all the ultrasounds. So, um, I had, of course, had an experience with, uh, an ultrasound when I became pregnant with Austin and that ultimately, uh, you know, helped lead my, uh, my decision into keeping him and, um, and raising him. And so, um, that was just something that has always been on my heart. Uh, I really just think the ministry of a women's center or a pregnancy center, um, that is, that is of course mission minded, um, has something I've always, it's something I've always wanted to do. So I went back to school and am in school at night trying to finish a degree in medical sonography. So ultimately my goal is to work in some sort of pregnancy center or women's center, um, either here in the McKinney area or somewhere in Collin County. So that is, that's the end goal. Um, I'm in a statistics class, statistics class this semester that is really kicking my tail. And, but, uh, but you know what, I just, I, I just keep thinking, you know, I'm going to finish and I know what my end goal is and it'll be a full circle moment for me when I get to sit with that young mom who is, you know, considering, you know, uh, either aborting her child or, or giving it up for adoption or whatever her decision is, just kind of sitting with her and ministering to her and, and loving on her through an ultrasound, I think is, is just so exciting to me. So that's my end goal for sure. I love that. I love that image of a full circle of bringing from where, you know, what God uh, filtered through his hands to be a part of your life. Um, and then taking your experience and being able to love on somebody else because of knowing a hundred percent where they were because you were there. Um, I love that. In fact, um, I don't know if you follow watermark. So Lacey works for watermark and, um, I follow the porch. Um, and they just did a, a sonogram at the porch, I guess this past week on stage in front of everybody, like this couple was having a, doing a sonogram, but they'd never had it before. And so they did this live sonogram in front of everybody that was there. I thought that was fun. Oh, how Um, awesome. But yeah, their clinics, the, the watermark has a couple of clinics. And so that's, that's a big part of their ministry is there too. Um, anyway, Stacy, 
Thank you so much for sharing and talking with me a little bit about just kind of your story and where God has brought you and things that he's um, made a part of your life. And I'll just say that as a, as a bystander, um, somebody that, you know, knew you from church and knew you from the impact you were having on the kids in our own youth ministry and my kids as well, and just got to observe through the years, um, how you impacted the lives of those kids and that those kids knew you loved them no matter what, and that you were always available, um, to them. I just thank you for being obedient to God's call on your heart to, you know, be there for them, to listen to them, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Um, because it was really sweet for me to watch because like I said, when I, when I told the family that you were going to be on, um, all of the kids, you know, they have that, they know that about you and it's something that they've seen and something that we've been able to witness in just your life. So I just thank you, um, for being obedient and, um, sharing and loving on the kids that are around you, whether it was at church or at young life. And, um, so thank you for being on and sharing a little bit about that with us. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I tell you what, I just, I look back on, on the years that I was in these students' lives and I can tell you it was really more a blessing in my life. And I learned so much of my own, in my own walk, um, through them. So, so I'm just thankful that, that God gave me the opportunity to, uh, to walk with students and, and continue to walk with students even now on a limited basis, of course. But um, I'm just, I'm so thankful for what he taught me through those years and how it molded me as a mom, as a believer, as a wife. Um, and so I, I thank you for the time. I thank you that you invited me onto this. And, and I hope that even if it just touches one, one mom's life, um, you know, then it's, it's worth it for sure. So thank you for having me and inviting me. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. And that's, that's really been my mantra and what we've, we've prayed a lot over this about that. I, you know, I, the social media part of this is not fun. It's not my forte, but if, if, um, one person, here's something. And I've already had lots of messages from people that have listened that if one person just gets something, then it makes all of this worth it. And that it's not about, um, me and, or what my guests say or whatever, but I'm just praying that God uses this and praying for the people that, that listen. Um, Absolutely. but anyway, thank you so much. Good luck in statistics because that, oh, yes. would, that would not be fun. <laughs> That would not be fun. Not at all. Not at all. Thanks, Lynn, so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening today on the Drive Through Moms podcast. Until next time, happy Wednesday. Hey, y'all, I can't thank you enough for listening and want you to know that you have all been prayed for, for real. If you liked what you heard or it touched your heart in any way, I would so love for you to leave a great review on iTunes. But more than that, just share this with other moms that you know that might get something out of it. You can find more information about each of the episodes in the show notes, as well as our links to Instagram and the website at drivethroughmoms.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.